You're listening to the uh, second part of the uh, podcast Aging in Europe from North to South brought to you by ELF, ELF European Liberal Forum and Svenska Bildningsförbundet. that I work for uh, recently published uh, uh, a study on um, on aging in Finland and, and the future of aging in Finland and uh, one of the commentators was uh, the leader of, of one of the big pension organizations in Finland he said that one one thing is that we will uh, more and more older people have access to the internet via tablets and via computers but we can never expect all older people to have access to computers uh, this at the same time as uh, many bank offices and many post offices around the country in Finland are closing down and moving their uh, their services uh, online instead of of having actual analog meeting places and Anna I would ask you to uh, give some statistics on digitalization uh, in Europe as uh, right now Um, yes, um, when it comes to the internet and, uh, and internet-based technologies for communication, um, it, I think it's fair to, to start off by saying that it's a constant part of the lives of many, many Europeans. Uh, but it's also important to see that we have population groups that are excluded to a greater or lesser extent from these resources uh, that internet provides. And this can result in the so-called digital divide. And uh, here we can see that when it comes to older people, or first I should maybe say that that uh, um, according to Eurostat statistics released in 2019, uh, more than three quarters of all adults in the EU member states made use of the internet on a daily basis. So uh, that's that's maybe the, the starting point here to see uh, how common uh, it is. But then when we, when we look at uh, the older adult population, we can also say that from the same uh, studies and statistics that over 40% of people aged 65 years or older are not using the internet uh, across EU member states. And this decrease also by age. And we also lack quite a lot of statistics and information when it comes to people aged 80 years and older. And uh, looking then at at uh, these older adults where um, almost half of the population say that they're not using the internet, uh, we can say also that or we can see also that that we have a gender gap here where more men, uh, older men than women tend to to be using the internet on a uh, daily basis uh, opposed to women. And here we can also see that uh, it uh, there is a quite um, 
there is uh, it varies the the use of internet and internet internet based technologies uh, vary across uh, member states where uh, east and southern European countries tend to have lower rates of internet uh, use uh, compared to northern and western Europe. Thank you. Maybe we'll we'll start with a comment from from Italy in that case. So Italy, once again, <laughs> we might have some problems with digital digitalization uh, compared to the almost fifty two percent EU average of daily use of internet in Italy. Only uh, the thirty four percent of people aged over sixty five use the internet. So it's one of the lowest countries along the EU member states. As we all know, digitalization and the access uh, to digitalization um, plays a crucial role for the elder. It plays a crucial role because uh, first it helps making the elder, the older people feel still connected to the to the current society. The current society goes fast, very fast for everyone. And it probably might go even faster for elder if they are not uh, in touch with it through uh, an easy access to the digitalization. Um, so it, it, it would be very important for, um, for, for elder people at the access to uh, digitalization to keep in line with the times. And it would obviously help as well to maintain what we could call like a mental exercise. And it is fundamental to ensure an active and uh, an healthy aging. So in fact, it it was observed that uh, digital literacy may enhance for the 50% um, the chance for, for the elder to perform daily life activities and reduces the uh, symptoms of depression. So basically the the use of, of, of the digital uh, represents what is so-called a social inclusion lever. And it is very important. Also, on the other hand, uh, if the progress of the technological development advancement is not followed by elder people, the risk is a, f- uh, a further and more serious gap between generations, between younger adults and over 65 people or the elder people in general. So this might imply actually a social exclusion. And so here comes the possibility of discrimination that modern technology and internet might pose to older citizens. Uh, this is something that in Italy it should definitely be addressed because as I said, the, the, the data are not encouraging at all. And we might not forget also that in Italy there there is a lot of uh, there are a lot of rural spots, a lot of countryside where not only digital literacy, but I'm talking about alphabetical literacy is not is not always guaranteed. Uh, so in in light of this of this, this data, uh, it is essential obviously that there is a so a digital accessibility and inclusion for for all, not only for for elderly people, but for all people in general. And most obviously, it must be focused on uh, uh, enhancing uh, the older people's possibilities to access the internet and uh, the digital in general. So this is 
more or less the situation in in our country i i can only add one thing concerning my patients because i see in my daily activity that there are uh, some digital digitalized uh, older people who are very active uh, they are fond of internet they are they are at their best you mean and, and they try to be as close as possible to their nephews for instance uh, in this but there are people uh, not so uh, there, there are many who refuse digitalization at their age because they say i always been working with paper i don't like reading anything uh, on the on the screen uh, i want to touch and smell paper and this is good eh? but but it's something that even precludes them from uh, accepting uh, <laughs> digitalization and uh, i don't know how this can be overcome but might be something to discuss also in in the proposals in the end uh some kind of advertisement that shows them that it's not uh, precluding anything it's something that just uh, can be combined i don't well, know i i i totally agree with you and this i mean this makes me think of like a a metaphor uh, with with music and i think that back to those days at the end of the 60s uh, no one accepted jimi hendrix or the 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 come of of yeah. electric music right no one would buy probably an album of of jimi hendrix or led zeppelin or all those bands so what i was thinking i don't know if it's actually uh, doable but is that maybe policymakers could um give uh, a, an amount of money to invest for the older people to be uh, furnished with free devices free education uh, so basically a free access to digitalization because what i think is that maybe as 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 dr felix said uh, some of them refuse the use of devices so no one would well they would not go and buy a mobile Uh, a computer or a device anything a tablet an ipod but maybe if, if this would be free because the state the government provides them with these devices then maybe indirectly they would be kind of forced to get closer to this digitalization and this could be idea an idea just just as i would listen to current music only if someone brought me the, the albums same for for this for this aspect maybe it's it's just an idea it's it's not easy to address probably this problem other than with education uh, campaigns promotion and 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 in fostering obviously the access but also providing uh, the elder with devices for free could be an idea you know just an amount of 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 money of state money and it's it's not just about i think uh, looking at looking at the, the 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 older generation in my vicinity it's not just about actually getting the hardware it's also about upgrading it and keeping it constantly updated um i i look at my parents and their generation and and they've bought a laptop like 10 years ago or 5 years ago and now they're like ted why is my laptop not working why is my smartphone not working and i was like is really old it's 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 old it's tired it's outdated you need to renew it every two or three years 
And they all react like, no, why would I do that? You know, I bought this five years ago. I paid a lot of money for it. Why should I have to update it now? And and I think that's one of the, the problems as well, that it's not enough just to buy a computer once, but you have to sort of buy a computer every three years or a smartphone every three years. And that's going to get very, very expensive in the end. Um, how about Austria? How do you see uh, the, the issue of digitalization uh, and, and uh, older Europeans? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Austria can be a great example of the classical uh, cohort divide in, digitaliz- in g- digitalization. Uh, if we look at uh, the people aged 55 to 64 years, uh, we can find that almost half of them possess uh, digital skills which are average or above average. But at the same time, we have these 90% who were not using internet at all during the last three months. But when we go to the second age group, which is 65-74, it's almost half, 47%, which were not using internet, and one-third, almost uh, 27%, who who possess necessary skills. And um, the speed of advancement between these two categories is always striking. If in 2015 uh, there were 30% of people who did not have access to the internet on the regular basis, it was only 19, as I have already said, in uh, 2019 for the first age group, and there was almost no change for the second age group. And from that we can see that we have an advancement mostly because of new cohorts are coming to our age group of interest. And what is striking, we do not have any data on people aged 75 plus. So basically the government is not really interested in what's going on with digitalization of that age group. Uh, Coming to the question how all the people use internet, the service shows that it's mainly for checking emails, uh, for instant messaging, for internet banking and only a very few of them are using it for education, for having some online courses, which becomes even more uh, urgent due to the COVID pandemic, which made this digitalization more urgent and more of necessity. Uh, But there are also positive examples. Um, Several years ago, uh, Austrian government introduced a special program which was aimed at educating older people how to use your government resources. And now almost 60% of the age group 55-64 are aging a government, a government resources for their need. And almost 40% of the age group 60-74, which is as often as they use emails, which is really good results. But in general, all the efforts of the Austrian governments are dedicated to producing information, uh, publishing instructions, which are usually online. So to access them, you need to have basic knowledge of how to use internet and also have a device, which really reveals the lack of holistic approach and special measures dedicated to the older age groups. I mean, we can't just wait while the new cohorts will be 65 year old and just raise the statistics. Some really uh, dedicated measures are important. Thank you. Uh, Sorry, if I may add uh, a quite of uninformed general remark because I'm not an expert in digitalization. But for me, an important thing is also to stress that, of course, of course, the elderly should have access uh, to, to 
internet and all this uh, digitalization. But I think on the other hand, for me, it's like with institutional childcare. I think the most important thing is the, the freedom of choice. But as it should not be forced that, let's say, every mother gives her child with one or two years into a crash, the same should be with the internet. So I think it should be voluntarily. And of course, there might also be some elderly who just do not want to use the internet or do not want to. I mean, for me, of course, the problem would be if you have disadvantages on the labor market because of this. But if you're already retired, I think it should be really up to the elder ones. And for me, it's like I'm now close to 50. I, I was neither on Facebook, neither on Instagram or whatever. And if I look on my children, they're everywhere. They spend, I don't know how many hours per day in the internet or somewhere else at uh, communication platforms. But I'm not sure if they are more happier because of this. Yeah? Or as it was first stressed that uh, people who have no access, uh, it's, it's more likely that they get depressed. It might be, but on the other way, you can also be depressed because you use internet and other things too much. So just an uninformed general comment on this, that for me, the most important thing is the freedom of choice. And it can also be uh, just that elderly just maybe do not want to use internet. May I shortly disagree <laughs> with Michael's comment? Uh, I mean, in general, yes, the freedom of choice is the basic of our society. Uh, but the last pandemic showed that the absence of uh, digital skills can prevent all the people from uh, having access to essential services. Uh, during lockdown, uh, with the in, uh, with the uh, raising magnitude of telecare, of uh, uh, online shopping, accessing to uh, your government, the majority of these um, efforts were not possible to be done physically like they were done before the pandemic. Uh, so, uh, leaving it up to their choice and their stereotypes, uh, we are somehow limiting their access to basic social verifier provision, partly. Uh, that is true, but um, once again, we have, uh, we have to cope with the problem of uh, um, snobbishness of some uh, older people that is again if you have uh, the instructions of your uh, oven or whatever only online then many older people will say okay leave it uh, leave it away and uh, I, I, I will do as I as I feel I don't like to to go uh, online to understand it and that's nothing but then, if you repeat it uh, uh, for many, many things, you have to fight against that uh, snobbish attitude that, uh, that is uh, uh, typical of people, older people, who say, well, I'm different. I'm not as those people want me to be. So I go on like this, and then the digital divide will be uh, 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 let's say uh, unovercomable. Okay, so um, uh, what what uh, uh, Maria says uh, uh, is really true, uh, and I think it's uh, it's very important. Still, when you will come to the solution, uh, we will have to think of this snobbishness. 
May I just also add a comment <laughs> just to, to say that I agree with you and, uh, um, and I think we need to address uh, the digitalization both on a uh, macro level, looking at the infrastructure. And here I would really like to raise the question of capitals and, uh, and uh, urban areas versus remote areas. Uh, me coming from the Nordics, uh, we have huge parts of remote areas in our countries and here it's really really crucial to to look at infrastructure and uh, internet uh, connections and to provide the devices and the uh, technical support needed just to be connected uh, and that can be a challenge when we work with uh, various groups with various um, skills but also various levels of uh, motivation to learn and uh, and here my my other point is that we also need to work on a personal level when it comes to older people and digitalization to respect uh, various preferences and uh, expectations related to uh, what you expect what what kind of services you expect and what kind of services you prefer but also to try to to, to show the, the benefits of digitalization and digital services. And here, as, as has also been raised today, the, the pandemic situation has really shown the, the importance of being connected and being able to, to, to access information and, and services online. So it's a matter of equal opportunities when it comes to health and welfare. Anna, I happen to know that you ran a project uh, within your university on, on inclusivity uh, among elders uh, and, and uh, mobile applications uh, in order to get the older citizens to, to use the internet and, and applications more. Could you please share a bit of that? Yes, of course. Thank you. Uh, yes, the, the project Aging Online uh, is a project uh, led by my university, and I've I've uh, been had the pleasure to to be the project leader of this project, and it was an in innovation project where we actually designed and developed a new digital uh, service together with older adults. So we we uh, started from scratch, and we asked older potential users of this digital service uh, what kind of uh, what would motivate you to to become an internet user what kind of service would you really uh, would really inspire you to to try to to be uh, digitally connected and to to try to uh, introduce digital services in your uh, everyday life and these were older people with very, very varied internet use experience. And, um, and many of these highlighted the social functions that uh, if they were to be using the internet and trying this new, not yet developed service, it would have to be a social application where old, where these older users could um, have access to information on social activities in their uh, 
close area and uh, close surroundings and also to be able to connect to people and to to be able to to uh, have uh, online meetings uh, together and uh, this was something we we started to work on and and now we have a new application uh, that is developed together with and also for older new uh, digital users and uh, this is in my view <laughs> has been a very rewarding and exciting project and uh, to me that shows that we we really need to uh, to involve the the older persons themselves when it comes to developing new services and also to to try to close the digital divide uh, across generations uh, we've come to the conclusions part of this uh, second part the second topic so what kind of conclusions recommendations uh, should we put forward in the in the book on the topic of uh, digitalization summing up a little bit all we said maybe we we could uh, foster uh, campaigns and uh, advertisements and public, uh, yeah, public campaigns, uh, awareness raising campaigns of all the benefits of digitalization, uh, also for uh, mental health, for social inclusion, inclusion, and for preventing uh, depression and other uh, like mental pathologies associated with with maybe the lack of, of, of such awareness of, of the digitalization. Uh, I don't know if you're agreeing on uh, this um, maybe free uh, education or, uh, yeah, maybe free access to digitalization or rather you're not, I don't know. I would underline not only free access, uh, but the participatory based approach. Uh, so indeed we need to ask uh, all the people themselves, what do they want and in what form it would be um, more affordable for them to receive this information and these devices. And here perhaps uh, the efforts of all the people themselves uh, could be used, like all the, who, all the people who already possess necessary uh, digital technological level could help to um, implement the programs and to participate in the design of the programs for other older people just because they know what is difficult, what is challenging, what are the barriers and that would help us to involve them and to approach the missing ones more easily. Uh, why don't we think or politicians think of some uh, incentive for that? I mean, uh, empowering people passes through um, the implementation of some uh, reward. So probably uh, before the, the elderly understands it's his own uh, interest to go on, someone has to uh, show him there is a, uh, an immediate reward, I don't know what. And so we should probably think or suggest uh, politicians to think of something like this? Could be tax detration on products. Why not? Probably is the best, the strongest. Or, yeah, I don't know, something like that, probably, yes, maybe, or 
I, I, do we call them detration? I'm, I'm not really a tax lawyer. <laughs> Is it how we call that? Like uh, when you uh, take away a sum of money from... Um, you know, from, from, from a purchase. I don't know how is it called in taxation. Payback. Kind of payback, <laughs> yes, probably. Yes, kind of payback, yes. Tax deduction. Deduction. Yes, please. Yes, yes, Maria, thank you. Yes, deduction. Okay. And payback, yeah.